Hey everyone, welcome to the Beyond Extent podcast, a podcast dedicated to a chat between two environment artists discussing everything about the industry we work in. I'm Timothy and I'm joined by William, who is a friend and fellow colleague of mine. In this episode, we talk a little bit about the Xbox games announcements, the differences between playing games as a developer and our little pet peeves. And lastly, we also answered a Patreon question about giving feedback. Really had fun on this one and I hope you all feel the same way. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome to this this uh, weekly episode of the podcast. It's episode 13. And Yay. as always, we have Will with us too. Hey, Will. Hey. Hello. <laughs> Hello, everybody. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, you know, same as always. Pretty good, but pretty tired. Yeah, you were telling me about um, a pretty pretty horrific death in Tarkov before, before we started the podcast. <laughs> And it's uh it's actually a good a good segue for for um a thing that we want to talk about this yeah. week. Um and funny how that works out. Yeah, yeah. Uh <laughs> but maybe actually uh let's talk about the the Xbox uh yes. game showcase thingy. Let's do that beforehand. Um so you haven't seen it yet, right? I have not. Yeah. But I was I was uh, counting on you telling me all about it. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty interested in it, but um yeah, I don't really get super hyped by these things anymore it's just it's just really nice to see what other developers in other studios are working on yeah and i have to admit i was really interested by halo infinite and what they were gonna do with it but then when when the actual showcase came up and they showed like eight minutes of gameplay too i was kind of underwhelmed like i was i was more well expecting more from it because they oh. they kind of they kind of showed off like a, a crash landing and then they they want to open up the world so it's going to be a little bit more open world. I okay. I don't expect it to be like a full open world, but hey, who knows? Um, so they were they were, they were driving around the the warthog uh, for a little bit and then just killing some enemies, but just there was something about the the environments that that were on display. They looked. They looked really, really blocky, especially the textures of mm. stuff in the background, because they had like these hexagonal shaped um, vista uh, rocks. Yeah, or... yeah, rock formations. Right, right. And it looked really weird, man. Like they, they looked like they just had a base color on it, and that was it. Okay. Like it, it looked like yeah. a block out almost. Huh. Yeah, and I was. I wonder if it was. <laughs> I was. Uh, I was so turned off by that. I was like, oh, like they, they, they go up this elevator at one point and then they have like the halo music ramp up and, and you have this, this beautiful terrain with like the sun coming up and all that stuff. And then you see these horrible Vista chunks just sticking out as a sore thumb in the background. It's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so on, on a graphic standpoint, I wasn't really too impressed. But right. then, uh, yeah, there was some other cool stuff. Um, I'm so bad at remembering it, though. Like, you, you had the, the sneak announcement of Fable in the end. Nice. Which is, uh, which is pretty cool. Like that's Yeah, the... a lot of people are excited about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's also why I bought the original Xbox, too. So, oh. to, to just buy Fable, uh, just play Fable. And I, uh... Yeah, I love those games. So I'm I'm curious what they're gonna do with that. But then, yeah, it also made me think about the the closing of Lionhead Studios and how that whole thing went down. Because the game, from uh, looking at the screenshots and what they had on display, it was already like ninety percent done. I don't know if you can remember that stuff. Uh, let me look it up. I think I I, I definitely. Uh, read something about it uh, yeah because it, it was basically um i don't know i don't know how it all went down anymore but um yeah some people that that i know from they were working on that fable game and they were pretty excited about it and then the studio just went under and they never released it and i guess then the ip got sold or like um i think it was sold like they're not gonna hand yeah. an ip out to uh playgrounds all right and uh yeah now they're developing that game 
but it's right, we'll see what comes of it i guess yeah yeah i'm uh, i'm curious curious there was yeah, uh, there was some other cool stuff like um i forgot the name of the game i think it was everwild from uh rare studios and it looked really really nice and cute like it just had uh, a really friendly welcoming like uh, atmosphere around it so yeah i'd be interested in checking that one out oh yeah i see it it looks kind of breath of the wildish a little bit mm -hmm. cool yeah it looks it looks pretty interesting i i would say that that um as a game developer I don't know. There, there's something about like just a repetition of the triple A games that don't really tend to innovate as much. Yeah. So it makes it makes it makes all those indie games or like smaller games way more interesting. And yeah, yeah. It's just um, there's just something more attractive to them. Yeah, I was I I had last last weekend I had like a I was lying in my bed fucking 4 a.m. in the morning and I was I was hit by an idea for a game and uh, I was I, I, I did like a little brainstorming on it and it was like there was a lot of stuff that I noticed that I just never heard before being done in a game mm -hmm. and then that's when I realized that yeah even though there's so many games out there because especially the big companies they need to play it safe right they they want to do the stuff that they know that people are going to play. Yeah, they want to reach the, the biggest amount of people as possible. Exactly. So that, that, that there's still so much like untapped potential. And, and that when I realized that, I was like, oh, man, this is, uh, this is crazy how much like you can still come up with new stuff. Mm -hmm. All right. Which was really interesting. And I, I even started on a character because uh, I was gonna try that out. I, I I bought Marvelous Designer recently. Oh damn! Um, okay. Uh, yeah. So you're branching sold, out. Because <laughs> I sold my 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 Counter Strike skins. <laughs> and then because Marvelous Designer is on Steam, and I was like, okay, might as well buy this because you know you can't really convert the Steam money otherwise. Oh yeah yeah. Well, that's uh, a good investment though. Yeah yeah. You don't get the updates like you would if you paid. I think it's like 150 euros more. Mm -hmm. But then I think Marvelous Designer fucking what is it nine? It's gonna be all right, you know. It's pretty, it's it's, it's pretty uh, far along the curve because what I used before was like Marvelous Designer two. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Because that's what we had at university. Yeah, that's a that's a giant leap. Yeah, I never use it myself. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Never, not even for like a little tarp. No, nope. over something. Not ever. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 a really cool software. It's at first I was like, wow, this uh, this performance is horrible. This is this is so slow. But then I realized that when exporting my my base mesh from ZBrush, it um, it must have somehow blown up the scale, so everything was huge, <laughs> and it's and the way Marvis Designer does the. Uh, the like density calculation is by scale. Oh, you can put yeah, in yeah. particle distance, and that's how far the vertices are away from each other. Yeah, it was and just uh, like, oh, let me slap a billion particles on this thing. Exactly, because <laughs> it was like, oh, this guy is like seven meters tall, so we're gonna make it like four million tries this fucking <laughs> jagged thing. But then I figured that out, and it was, uh, it ran pretty smoothly, and it's just so. It's so much nicer than any other class simulation that I've seen, and uh, yeah, I did a little, I did a little guy with a with some pants with some pockets on him and stuff. It was, it was pretty fun. Oh, was, nice! I, I, so you're yeah, you're, like I, you're actually making the the first steps into into making a, a small game then? I mean, yeah, very very slow. <laughs> it's just it's you know sometimes you have this little little idea in your head. You're like, ah, oh, maybe I'll I'll. I'll start with something, you know. Maybe <clears throat> if I really want to, at some point, I could get like a little, uh, little prototype, and then you know. But I mean, it's it's probably like ninety percent of what you do, right? It's just gonna end up in a in a folder somewhere on it on a hard drive. Yeah. But you know, it's it, it's it's cool to to do that sometimes. I just like, you know, I grabbed a beer. I went I went down one block, sat next to the river, had a little brainstorming thing. 
That was really nice. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. So was that beer also four in the morning or? No, no, that was the next day. <laughs> that was four in the afternoon. Probably. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. So, uh, uh, yeah, so you're so, you're yeah. you're slowly but surely planning out the the design of the game or like the, the the fundamental structure, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Thinking about some features, thinking about like the general approach that I want to have, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be revolutionary, guys. It's gonna be <laughs> the next big thing. Oh, is it gonna be the <laughs> next big AAA uh, MMO RPG then? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> Because that's what I'm all about. I'm all about those RPGs. Nope. Those MMOs. <laughs> Man, I don't, I, I don't like MMOs. It's really not my type of game. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a typical thing that you hear, right? Like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start developing yeah, yeah. my own game, and it's gonna be an MMO with like an ever changing world, thing. and it's like, oh yeah, good luck, good luck with that. So you want to make Star Citizen on your own? Yeah. Okay, guy. <laughs> okay, guy. Go ahead. <laughs> Oh man, but I I do feel that um, when when you have these moments of inspiration like you had, sometimes you just have to go for it, man. Just yes, just yes. do it. You have to take them as they come. You know, you you can't. I was like, even though the, like I said, there's really nothing ever gonna come out of it. But if you have like a cool idea, just take the time, write it down. You know, maybe somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never know when you're going to pick it back up and it might, like, that's that's also the good thing. Like, even if you write it down now, you build, like, a base structure and then you have, I don't know, uh, a hiatus for, like, two years and then you find those things again and it still sticks, then yeah. you know that you have something good on your hands. Exactly, yeah. And then you maybe, maybe actually came up with something good. Oh, yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. So, so uh, yeah, yeah th- this is... This is somewhat a good segue to what we were talking about before with the with the crates in Tarkov and how how you would design your game to be really easy to understand for the players as well. So what yeah. we were essentially so, talking about. Oh yeah, go ahead, Will. Yeah, no, no, I was just gonna say exactly like as as a as we were talking before the podcast about this. Um, so what we were essentially talking about is um, how you play games differently mm-hmm. um, or how you perceive games differently as a game developer. Like, as an artist, obviously, is a thing. Like, you look at stuff more closely and you're like, oh, how, how did they do this? Uh, is this a decal or is this <laughs> vertex paint or what is this, you know? Yeah. And um, uh, But then also from a game design perspective, because I there's... Uh, like I said, I've, I've been playing Escape from Tarkov right now, and I'm I'm having I'm having a lot of fun. Um, but there's some things, some fundamental things that really bug me about the game, especially because I heard at work a thousand times over that you're not supposed to do that kind of stuff. And then if you see it in another game, it's almost like you're like it's when you're when you're at school and you're like the guy who does. Uh, who studies really hard and then there's this other guy who just comes in and he does the test and he somehow you know he gets he gets by with it anyway you know mm-hmm. it's like it's like that because you're like you're not supposed to do that but they're having success <laughs> nobody cares you know but it still makes you mad because you know it's wrong <laughs> yeah 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 and, and it, um, it can be um in in our case, for example, it can be simple stuff like if yes. if you look at Far Cry Five, for example, if you just take that as an example, if you you see all the vehicles in the game and you know that they're drivable, then yeah. if at some point you encounter a vehicle that is still standing there but you can't access it in some way or form and it's not visibly locked, then you're gonna create this extra confusion for the player because he expects he or she expects for that vehicle to be open and drivable, but right. then you can't access it at all, which is just frustrating for the player. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing. So that's what we talked about earlier in Tarkov uh, about Tarkov. So in Tarkov, there's um, there's fuel as an item that you can pick up, and you can use it for fuel in your in your little uh, hideout. Um, but there's also fuel cans that just that are like part of the map. They're just standing there as a prop. Yeah, yeah. There's just static props That's to the environment. Yeah, and you can't pick them up. And it's it's that kind of stuff is really aggravating because 
at, at some point, obviously, you know the map and you know that there's the, 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 the jerry can over there and you can't pick it up. But it can be so... Like it, if you don't know the map, you would just think that there's fuel everywhere and you can take it. And the same with... There's some crates. There's like this green wooden military crate that you can loot. But then there's like stacks of it as well as another prop, mm-hmm. as a static prop. And there's like some of them that are covered with tar, but some of them aren't. And, and you can't loot them. You can't loot the ones on top. But then sometimes, in specific cases, someone took that prop of the pile of crates and put one of the lootable crates on top of them. So you can loot that one. Oh, God. You can loot the other one. And it's that just, it's, it's like you have to learn it by heart. You know, there, there's no, it's not, it's super unintuitive. Yeah, yeah. And it's got nothing to do with realism because if it was realistic, you could go and, and, and take the crates and, you know, take them off of the off of the, the stack of crates and loot each one individually. Of course, I understand why they're not going to do that because it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's a crate that's obviously not covered by anything and there's no lock on it, there's no reason for it to be, to not be lootable, then let me loot it. Yeah. Or or just open it up and show me that it's empty or something, you know? That's that kind of stuff. Or uh, doors. that There's some doors that you can open. There's some doors that you need a key for. And there's some doors that are just, a, they're like, they're at the end of the map. So they're just there and you can't do anything with them. Mm-hmm. And show me a difference. Make it boarded up. Make it, have it show like no access. And it's like the, I don't know, you know. There's a guy and you need a key, but it's not an item in the game, so you actually can't open it. Just make it have a reason for why I can't open this door, but I can't open that one. Yeah, especially in a game that is centered around quick, high action back battles like that, where you can just die in the blink of an eye, basically. If you're stuck jumping on crates because you want to look if the top crate is lootable or whatever, like that can cost you the game, basically. Yeah, or if you if you run towards cover to get into that one door, and then it's you can't open it. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It's 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 like I don't have those problems anymore because I know the maps. Yeah, but there. But that's the thing, right? Like it's, yeah, and that shouldn't be necessary. Yeah, it's like a, a uh, some sort of handicap that you put on like the new players yeah. because you establish these visual rules and then you break them all the time. So you have like, especially beginning players that are not used to the maps or trying to get into the game and then they get frustrated by being shot because they were trying to loot or like open this door and they ended up in like a a dead end or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So that can be really frustrating and just cost you players in the end too. Yeah. Because, yeah, like you said, like the the more experienced players, they're just going to memorize all these places or like look up some some guides or where to best loot stuff or whatever you want to do. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's not really from an from an artist perspective, definitely. It's not really good to to not have that consistency. Yeah, you need that visual consistency. Yeah. Especially in a big game. Yeah. And yeah, it's um, it's kind of it's kind of weird because I I do remember at some point that I was doing this myself as well. But then it got pointed out by someone else um, yeah. that this this was not the way to do it. And yeah, it's just... It's, uh, it's one of those things that you really have to think about. And it's like one of those really small things that can have like a big impact on like the player base. Yeah. Um, oh, so what about... We've been talking about the negatives a while, but what is the last game that you played and as a developer you were just like blown away or you were like impressed with what they were able to achieve? Well, like in in terms of this visual consistency that we talked about or just in general? In general, like yeah, graphics, gameplay, just something that you thought that because you were a developer you experienced it differently than someone else might have. Well, this is going back to a previous point that you made, right? Like, there, there is a difference between uh, playing as a developer and playing as a gamer. Because it's been, I gotta be honest, like, it's been a long while since I've played a game that I played as a gamer. If you know yeah. what I mean. Like, there's, there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of moments in games where I just lose myself, like, looking at the textures and uh, trying to figure out if this is a decal or something. We actually talked about this uh, 
in in the community last night and we were just having a, a chat about star citizen and how they do their decals and like the workflow that they use and there were some people that were jumping into the game and like trying to get like uh, an angled view so they could have a look if it was a decal or not but it was really hard to see so yeah i would i would yeah, say I that that is one of the one of the bigger things that that changed i think that the last game that i played as uh, as a gamer was probably the division 2 that i still play oh. like occasionally with some friends because uh, i really like the world especially in new york i don't that was the f- that was that was the first one that was the first one yeah yeah but they they added like a dlc in the second one where you can go back to new york yes so yeah that was that was pretty interesting because uh what they did with those maps is you have four quadrants but they wanted to make those those quadrants of the map feel distinct from each other yeah so i think um we we even like the oil tanker right yeah yeah we even had um what was her name again i forgot like there was a A world designer the world content director i think yeah yeah. for for that dlc came and did did a talk in the studio before all the COVID stuff happened and uh that was really interesting hearing her talk about like those four quadrants as well like the the flooded part and like the oil tanker part and like the other the other sections that was yeah that was really interesting that was literally like two weeks before COVID too yeah that's true yeah because that's that's i because i had i i I got a tattoo on i I came in with the with the uh um plastic wrap on my arm to that to that talk oh yeah i had a follow-up appointment to fix something and that appointment actually never happened because (laughs) covid so it was literally a week or two before yeah 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 but that was such an interesting talk and uh yeah i think I think stuff like that is is stuff that really interests me. Um, I really, I really want to walk around in Star Citizen and explore that world too. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't gotten to it yet. I think I paid for the Alpha Axis like five years ago. Yeah, me too. I bought like a starter pack or something with like one. Yeah, yeah, same. (laughs) Same. Uh, Yeah, what what is your game where you were really impressed by uh, the visual quality? I mean Red Dead Redemption 2, right? That's mm. I played that a couple months back when COVID started and it's whoo, it's a nice. Yeah. It's just it's and that's it's this thing like where you if you go up close to stuff, it actually it's just all regular props, right? It's it's got the same limitations that we have mm-hmm. or that anybody has working on a big game. But with like the weather system, with the the lighting, the effects and everything like if you just take a step back and usually you're in third person so you are literally a step back mm-hmm. it, it it looks so good yeah yeah that's a game that i still need to play because it looks looks yeah. absolutely gorgeous and uh i remember playing back in uni i was playing uh uncharted 4 mm-hmm. and that really impressed me with the player leading yeah because and you don't even notice it while you're playing if you don't look out for it but it just the way they 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 do like the lighting really subtle sometimes it's less subtle but usually it is pretty subtle to like nudge you where you need to go Mm -hmm. like when you enter when you enter like a a, an arena let's say right where there's a bunch of enemies are going to be you can usually already tell where you need to go even without like a mark or anything and that's that's what really impressed me about that game is just like that consistency in in like I never felt lost at any point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and that that was just really impressive to me. And then of course it looks great as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, I saw some breakdowns of the level design and environment art of um of the Uncharted series, and I think The Last of Us as well. Yeah. Where they where they set up their stuff intentionally so that you go down the wrong path, you end up at a dead end. But then if you turn around, you see where you actually need to go. Oh and right. So so it's like they do that stuff intentionally, but yeah. if you're playing it, you don't really realize it and notice it that much. Yeah, 
And then and it's, you you have the, the have the feeling that if you turn around and you find the right path and you have to get there through a ladder or whatever, then you give like this this extra incentive and it makes the the player feel smart because they figured yeah. out their way through this environment even though they were wrong in the beginning, right? Which is actually yeah, pretty that's, interesting. That's, that's that's really cool. But it's it's really funny because if you can read where they want you to go it can be kind of uh, fun to then do the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. And that's actually usually how you find the the hidden collectibles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, or also sometimes you just find stuff that hasn't had as much love and care put into it, mm -hmm. which can be hilarious. I, I remember <laughs> in, I think it was the Modern Warfare campaign uh, where I played that and it would it was, they were less subtle, I would say, with their player leading because that's not really what the game's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then sometimes if you go into another direction and you look at like this pile of trash on the floor, you just notice, oh, someone wasn't really that careful with the UVs over the air and someone didn't do this correctly because it's it's just in the background in an area where you're not supposed to go. Yeah, yeah. But if you do go there, you can like really see the, the little more rushed parts, mm -hmm. which, which is, I mean, it's completely fine. You need to do that, right? You need to prioritize uh in game development but it's just funny when you can see exactly where like their little cutoff was mm -hmm. like okay this area needs to be polished this one maybe not so much yeah 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 it's it's interesting to to look at it from that perspective too when you're walking around in like a big open world game and yeah. you you have like the, the quest area where you need to be and then you have like the surrounding buildings where just people are walking around or whatever yeah. you're just looking around in those buildings and just really looking at the texture details and then yeah i would say that that you, if you're really looking for it you can see where the world falls apart but this is specifically for us game developers because if you're playing the game as you normally would you wouldn't see it because you're focusing on the bigger picture you're focusing exactly. on like oh i just need to get here like oh this is a nice this is a nice part of town you just go through it and then oh there's a nice vista over there i'm going to go there you don't spend like I don't know, crazy amounts of time just looking at this wall and how it was built and whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That, that's true. It's, yeah, that's a, that's what I was saying, right? You see it through a different pair of eyes almost because you're focusing on something that they don't want you to focus on, and that's why you're interested, right? Mm -hmm. They want you to focus on the house where the where the mission is in, not the ones around it. Right? Yeah. Sometimes I I wish I could turn that part of my brain off though. Where I could yes. just switch it off and just like enjoy the game as as a gamer again, and not just catch myself looking at a wall for too long or like at a ground texture and how it's blending or whatever. Definitely, because and sometimes it can if you find something wrong, can also frustrate you a little bit. Yeah, I remember uh, walking around in Hitman Two, and there was a, um, I knew that they were doing a lot of stuff with decals. Mm -hmm. um, and I was looking at a wall, and there was like a, it was like a concrete wall in 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 an embassy or something, um, and there was like writing that was supposed to be like carved out of the concrete or like you know molded into the concrete. It was like an inset into the concrete, mm -hmm. and I walked up close to it, and the decal was like twenty centimeters <laughs> away from the wall, and it had like parallax occlusion on it as well because they have parallax occlusion on everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, even on the bullet holes, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it just looks so strange because it's like twenty centimeters off of the wall, but it's got parallax occlusion. So you have got like this black hole oh, floating in front of this wall. Is yeah. This then, is this is where we really shoot ourselves in the foot when we're playing games. It's just like it, yes. it doesn't matter. Like that's, it that's does stupid. not matter. Yeah. <laughs> but it but it feels like such a big thing. Yeah. It's like ooh, the artist didn't really pay attention to it, and then yeah. I mean. This is this this kind of sounds like we're we're the best at our jobs too, but I can guarantee you that at some point people are gonna have the same discussions that we're having now, but just about us. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, that's the thing, right? It's just you. Of course, in a perfect world, you would make it all like that, like everything would be yeah ideal the way it should be. But then there's deadlines. There's technical limitations so yeah. yeah or like it, res it reshuffles of of locations that you're working on 
too. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. it's just, like, part of the iteration. It's just like, oh, level design comes in and says, like, look, we're running into some issues here. We need to move this building. And then, and you then for- they don't move the decal or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you forget about this one floating bullet hole decal. And it's just like, oh, shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that Yeah, that's the thing. That's why... That's why the the Tarkov thing frustrates me because it's not that, it's like a it's like a deep seated design flaw. Yeah, you know yeah, mean? yeah. It's more it's, it's more not like just a structural a game design up. thing. Yeah, because that's yeah, it's it's something that that should have been figured out. But yeah, mm-hmm. not that. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty interesting to to talk about all this stuff and also how you how most games use color contrast to to lead you as yeah. well. Like I. I saw like a thread. I think uh, I was talking to uh, a level designer about this, and he shared a thread where he was talking to an artist from from Overwatch, I think, and he shared some screenshots how they how they guide you visually through spaces, where they yeah. really work with colors and contrast. So if you're in a really bright spot, then the the connecting corridors are dark. And then you go from those dark corridors into another light space, or you can just invert it. So, Interesting. So yeah, they they would guide you with like that that kind of contrast. So, like you have this giant space that you're in, everything is lit up, and then the connecting corridors are dark, so that you know that you need to go there. Huh. Yeah, there's. Uh, yeah, it's that's cool because then you have the the literal light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Which is where you need yeah, to go. exactly. And like, if you're in a dark spot, you just flip it. You just flip yeah. the contrast. But there's yeah, there's so much thought that goes into creating these things. And like, uh, uh, yeah. just uh, the the concept of of weenies or having like uh, vista objects in in the distance where you can see. I I was watching uh, someone play Ghost of the Tsushima. Yes. And. There was this really natural rock formation, and they had like a, a, a medium-sized lantern next to it. But the shapes of both things contrasted in a way that it was like, hmm, that lantern looks a bit out of place. So it would like invite you in or like pull you in. Huh. And then you would find, um, I don't know what they're called. I haven't played the game. I think uh, places. Yeah, there's like these shrines. Yeah, places of honor where you can level up or whatever. And then it's like, cool. oh, cool. Yeah, I figured this out on my own, even though it was like <sighs> built into like the the literal environment. That yeah, that's that's the the best thing about that player leading stuff is it makes the player feel like they accomplished something, even though yeah. it was all or not all, but you know, it was mostly on the developer's part. But that's the best because then you're not only getting the player to where he needs to be, but you're also making him feel good. Yeah, I, f- I feel like Every- we can compare it to visual effects in movies. Like, the more invisible it is, the better it works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even though we don't uh, get the credit for that, though. Well, that's, <laughs> that's something we'll have to deal with. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I remember also when it came over me, I think it was in The Last of Us or some, some game I played, where I realized at some point that, wait, everything I can climb is yellow. Yeah. I think there's like always like a police line do not cross little tape that hangs where I need to go or like a little yellow, uh, I don't know, a little yellow barrel is next to where I need to climb. Yeah, you know, like there's some, always, some yellow paint or whatever. Yeah, exactly. There's always that little something. And then I had played like through half of the game. I think it was last, maybe it was something else, uh, but I think it was. Um, and you go through like half of the game and then you realize... What I'm like when I'm lost, what am I looking? What am I looking for? Mm-hmm. For where I need to go, and it's, I guess, I just at some point figured out that what I was looking for is yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it's, really cool. It's the same in a division, but that's that's also why I hate being a developer, because you think about that stuff, right? Yeah. So that's that's when when I'm playing the division, and you have this this point where you need to get to. Uh, I don't know, a shade take cash or whatever. And it's like, oh, it's fairly simple. I just need to find like the yellow stuff in the environment and just follow that. Like there's right. there's there's no big exploratory thing where it's like, hmm, maybe it's over there because it looks like I can jump over here or whatever. Like it's just it's just like, oh, I found a yellow cable. Yeah, we just have to follow this. Uh right. So it's yeah, like, yeah, I ah. guess. 
it can be because you've got the key already yeah, to a yeah. lot of the locks. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a same in Far Cry Five where um, all the all the climbing spots and all the ladders and all the grappling points they're all blue. So if you're oh. looking for a spot to climb up, just look for the blue thing. Nice. Yeah, that's it's, that's where it's yeah it's it's sort of annoying that we know about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I guess if you're a player, you're probably gonna pick it up as well. But you might not have it in your, like your conscious mm-hmm. mind, right? Yeah, it's more it's like not a, a rule that you that you constantly keep in mind. It's more like, huh, okay, it looks like I can climb up there, but you don't think about the underlying reason. Yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah, man. Like uh, sometimes, sometimes I hate being a game developer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, it's it's mostly like it, it it has its positive sides as well because I like learning about this stuff. I like learning about the the underlying compositions, underlying color contrasts, and the way that we use these in their in our environments, and the way that every world has their own set of rules that they play with. Yeah. But then, in the case of Tarkov, to come back to that, like it's it's also super annoying when they break because you kind of yes. expect these rules to be into place, and then. Yeah, some some people just don't care or don't adhere to those rules. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's 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 interesting because I I I I think you can almost say that it's not that um, how to put this. So it's not just that you that you have more things that you find, like you notice more things if you're a game dev. I would almost say that the fun of playing games is it can be almost a different thing than than the like the stuff you're having fun with mm-hmm. when you're playing as a gamer because it's not just that you find this stuff and it uh, and you're like oh i like okay it makes it easier for me because i know i just need to follow this yellow cable and i'll be done with the quest but it then can also add that new experience of oh i love how they did this this is really cool you know so you're you're maybe having less fun with the actual game, but you're having more fun with just finding all the cool inspiration and thinking about the development process. You know, it's almost like you're playing a different game. Yeah, man, for sure. Totally agree. Like, it's it's sort of like photography. Like, you just pick up this camera and you see the world through, like, a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I totally agree. That's, uh, that's a really good point. But... Uh... Yeah, we, we still get lost in these worlds. It's just in a in a different way, right? Yeah, I think maybe the threshold for like full immersion is a bit higher. Yeah, I would I would say a lot higher. Yeah, like uh, it it takes way longer because it's it's like you said, it's stupid stuff that pulls us out of that immersion. Like, oh, here you have a stupid fuel can again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but then there's games like Metro that I still can't finish because all of the spooky spiders. Oh. So, I mean, you know, sometimes, sometimes it it, it still gets you. Oh man, we should we should do a Halloween live stream or something. No. <laughs> no. I'm never I'm never touching that game again. Oh my god! Yeah, you're you're gonna be fighting spiders over in Metro, and I'm gonna be playing like a. A deep sea VR game where they let me down into a cage oh. in deep water or something like. Ugh. I couldn't do that either. <laughs> I, I I saw Subnautica and it seems like a really really cool game, but it also seems like my nightmare. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way, oh man. My God. And then there's like these whales that go. Yep. Around you. Fuck this shit! I'm out. Scary <laughs> shit. Oh, yeah. oh, man. Well, all right, man. Should we go to the Patreon question of this week? Let's do it. Let's do it. So uh, we have a pretty long one from uh, Lloyd. So here we go. Do you think that people need to be a bit more honest up front with their critique of other people's work? Sometimes I feel that on forums and discords, people sometimes avoid trying to pick out the negatives in case they look too harsh. Uh, They're trying to bring someone down or they're afraid to offend someone. What do you think about this? All right, so I'll start. I'll show you that I'm not that way and I'll criticize your question and I'll tell you that you said sometimes I feel 
that on forums people sometimes avoid and that you doubled up on the sometimes you didn't need to do that so this is my honest uh, critique to your question <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks man <laughs> right just trying to break the mold you know <laughs> so lloyd be better next time um or maybe it was maybe it was uh, timothy when he was writing no no book. i'm blaming lloyd on this one come on <laughs> <laughs> no but um i think hmm so yes so i think uh especially when you're um when there's like a discord with just other people that that they're trying to learn and then maybe there's people that are more like the teachers let's say like people that are like from the industry or something like that mm -hmm. and um i think the people from the industry they will usually give you pretty good feedback because that's they know like they're not there to waste time they're not trying to like be friends with anyone so that they you know they're, they're not like oh i don't want to piss this guy off because then he won't give me feedback or something because that's he's not looking for that mm. so they'll probably yeah, be more honest um but i think yeah maybe there's some people that are just like i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to ruin my relationship with anybody on here i'm just going to be like oh yeah it looks great um which in the end isn't helpful at all obviously mm -hmm. um or which uh, that which could also happen which i have uh, i have been guilty of that before is that i have given people feedback because uh, they asked for it and then um they don't do anything about it and then they ask me again and i give them more feedback and then nothing changes and i get kind of frustrated because i'm like why are we why are you asking me for stuff for like feedback on your scene or your prop yeah and then i give it to you and you don't do anything about it that frustrates me and then maybe the next time they'll ask me i'll just be like oh yeah perfect <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to spend time, like, thinking, looking at something, thinking of uh, ways to improve it to just like it, it to to have it go nowhere. Yeah, that's um, a, that's a really good point. I wanna I wanna open up about that a little bit too because I've had the same issue with with some people doing the same thing, but yeah. then always in the back of my mind, I'm like, if I give feedback, I don't want you to just do it one to one. I, no, I, wa yeah. I want there to be like some sort of back and forth and it's not because I'm in the industry, quote unquote, and I'm, you, you need to right. listen to me. Yeah. Like it should be like a conversation, but then, yeah, on the other side of the spectrum, if you don't do anything about it, then it, it sort of, it sort of feels like you're just asking feedback, but it's not really to get feedback. It's just to get eyes on what you're doing. And to get yeah. to get some more interest in the piece that you're building, which yeah. I I expect a lot of people do just to get the the likes or the views or whatever. Maybe yeah, I, yeah. I never thought about that. I guess I guess that's that's true. Yeah, it's but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a difficult thing because I get frustrated with that as well. When there's like uh, some people, I I usually give them like three chances, and if they don't listen in the first two. I just tell them like, look, this this might be the last time I give uh, feedback if you're not gonna listen to it because I have other people asking que asking questions and feedback and mm. they at least listen to it and take it in and try to work with it instead of just yeah. like completely ignoring it basically. And yeah, and and I just want to stress again, it doesn't mean that you should take everything one-to-one -one, mm -hmm. right when, when someone gives you feedback because i i think it's it's important to sometimes be assertive and say ah actually you know what i think i like this better yeah even though like let's say you did a poll you were like do you like this thumbnail better or this one and then they say oh i like this one better but then you're like, ah, no actually i like this one better even though you could then at that point say why why even do a poll anyway why even ask mm -hmm. if you're just going to do what you want to do um but yeah, sometimes people come up with ideas for if you ask them for for them that just aren't good, and that's fine. But if you're asking for feedback and I don't see any change, it's just the same thing. Like, it might not be like, oh, you have to change this little thing to that color; it'll look better. But more like a general thing, like your texture is too noisy, mm -hmm. and then I'll I'll they'll ask me again after a month, and then all the textures are still super noisy. Then I'll be like. 
Yeah. Okay. Did you not hear what I said? Like, what? That's the thing. It's it's completely fine if you want to do that, but then don't ask me. Mm-hmm. You know, because I need to take time out of my day, and and like, ideally, I really want to put. If I want to give someone feedback, I'm going to put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. And yeah. give my best answer because I don't want to tell some somebody something that it's not in, in the best interest, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, that's that's another point that I want to stress. Like, if you if you ask feedback, it's giving feedback is a skill on its own. I feel like there's there's so many factors involved with that that you kind of get to know the you kind of have to know the the person asking for the feedback in the first place because yeah. some people really deal well with just harsh criticism, and I might be one of them, but then. If I if I do the same thing to other people that are just trying to get in the industry and maybe they've been working on it for like four years and they still feel like a little bit stuck and then you give them super harsh criticism, they might just completely break down. So right. that's not what you want with that kind of uh, with that kind of feedback. You wanna you wanna build a person up. You wanna give them something that they can work on in a way that you still address like the the negative points that you that you want to say so you could i would i would 100% still tell them all the stuff that you want to tell them you might just have to dress it up in a way where it makes it more uh appealing or pleasant to listen yeah. to do the um, my dad works in coaching and stuff like that um and he told me about the sandwich technique which is if you want to yep. give someone uh negative feedback first say something good and then end on something good be like, okay, I like the general, I don't know, the general mood of your piece. I think your textures are too noisy and um, you have to work on the, like the poly count is too low. We can see the edges everywhere, uh, but the the lighting is really nice, mm-hmm. you know? And then they'll have, they'll they'll be leaving with that sense of accomplishment being like, okay, I, I, I already nailed this. I just need to fix this yeah yeah. instead of being like oh man your textures are really noisy your models are really low poly and uh i don't like this guy's face Mm -hmm. you know it's it's, that's not gonna be like it it might still be productive and it might work with some people that that respond well to that kind of uh criticism or that know that you're just trying to help them and they they're just assuming that everything that you're not mentioning is good Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know but then there's other people that that just assume that everything that you not that you don't mention is bad or that it's not worth mentioning. Yeah, yeah. Which I am one of these people. I, I when I get like there's some people at uh, at the company that when they give feedback, it's all just a negative part, <laughs> which is more concise and it'll probably like it, it just means everything that I don't say anything about, it's fine and you can keep it. It's it's it's. You know that which is which is nice. You you know that you just have to address that that stuff, but it can sometimes still get you down, and you can be like, yeah, it creates oh, friction. Man. Yeah, but um, but then at the same time, do you want to take the time every time to say, oh yeah, this is good and this is good. You don't have to change this. It's yeah. It, I think that's that's probably the reason why maybe on a Discord people might be a little bit nicer as well because they don't know anybody. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there might be some people that have been in, on the Discord for ages and they, they know each other, they know how, how they respond. But if it's just some guy that ask, that's asking for feedback, you don't want to go crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's harder to give negative feedback than it is to give positive feedback, usually. It's harder to say, oh, well, I would change this, 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 and this, instead of saying, oh, yeah, it looks good. Keep, keep going. You know, so maybe that's why people, that's why people don't give as harsh of a feedback, is because they don't want to spend the time on writing down a list. That's interesting because I feel like the complete inverse. Like I, I always, really? I don't have an issue with with um, giving or like pointing out the negatives, basically. But I, I always, I always find myself like limiting the amount or, or like condensing that information and like trying to dress it up with something good. Well, it also it also depends on the the piece, of course, but I feel I feel like I'm super critical, even of my own work. Like there's there's like a ton of stuff that I could point out was like, oh, I want to change this, I want to change that. Like this should be better. Right. And 
Yeah, it might just be like a, a personal thing too. Yeah, you might just be a horrible person. Yeah, I might just be. <laughs> this is all a ruse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I I mean, yeah, I get that as well. I, I If I see something, like I, that's a friend of mine who, who's now working at uh, the company I used to work for before. Um, he He was still at uni when I was already at that company. And uh, he was asking me for some feedback. And that was like, it was the best experience I ever had with that because I would give him feedback. And like a week later when we talked again, he would have done what I said, but like not exactly. You wouldn't, I wouldn't tell him to like, oh yeah, move this over there. But I would be like, huh, I just don't think that this is like, this is not how people, like this is not how people live, mm-hmm. right? It's They don't have boxes on the floor everywhere in like only if they're just moving or if they're like trying to find something in a box yeah, but if, yeah. if they if they're just living in this space they're probably going to have that in a corner somewhere they're not going to have it in the middle of the room mm-hmm. it might look nicer for the composition but why would you just have a bunch of boxes in the middle of your room you're just gonna you know you're gonna have to walk around them every time you, you go in and go out of that room yeah yeah and um and it, and, and and the feedback would be addressed and then there would be like something else added as well or or maybe one of the one of the um, things that I would say, he didn't do what I had in mind to fix it, but he did. He fixed it some some other way, but it still worked, and maybe it was even better, you know. And that that was really rewarding because you you saw that 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 he he didn't only have um, the ability to to understand what what my feedback was about and like uh, say do what I said, but also to understand the feedback on a more fundamental level like not like not 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 just saying okay this prop bad but more like this is what i would rather do this is why this is bad and like uh responding to the core issue and fixing that instead of fixing it's kind of like fixing the 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 symptoms instead of fixing the the actual sickness right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's uh, so that's kind of the yeah, that's that's really rewarding to see when you give feedback to people and they truly make it the make the feedback their own. Like they yes. take it in and they turn it into something that they want to do instead of something that you tell them to do. Yeah, which is which is some of the biggest parts. Like I feel some people get intimidated by feedback as well. Like when you give them feedback, it's like oh, uh, now I need to do this because then he's going to be pissed if I don't do it in the next session or whatever. But that's, right. but that's, that's not true. Um, as long as you can explain why you did it in the way that you did, or, yeah, if you can just show it, like you just mentioned, that uh, you just really made it um, your own, that's going to make a big impact. Uh, I agree. Yeah, that's 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 the best way to handle feedback. I think is is to think about what the other person's saying and just trying to find out the um, the root issue mm-hmm. that you might be having, and then trying to combat that instead of going for like all the little details or something. Yeah, there's also one other thing that really ties into this well, and it's you don't want to overload the amount of feedback that you give. Because this is yeah. this is something that I found out for myself is that in the beginning I would just be like, oh, this is you give them the sandwich technique, right? No, this is good, this is good, and this can change. But like the proportion of the amount of stuff that would need changing compared to the good stuff was like I don't know seventy thirty or whatever. Yeah, it was just way too much negatives for like the amount of positives. So it was. This is what I tend to do when I give feedback. I look at the the biggest change that's going to help the scene. Yeah. So say say in in a random case it might be lighting, but I also know that some of the textures might be off. Um, I'm not going to talk about the texture specifically because I'm just going to talk about the lighting. And then if they change the lighting, they're probably going to see themselves that the textures might be off anyway. Yeah. So there's no reason for me to directly say like, look, you need to change this, 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 because some of those things that I'm going to be addressing are going to have the knock-on effect of changing the other pieces anyway. True. And and also, I think that's why it's always a good idea to ask 
uh, when you're asking for feedback to ask for feedback on a specific thing. Yeah. Because it has two good parts. It's not only that if you if you say, okay, can you give me feedback about the textures in my scene? Then you're, you, you're not only getting the, the feedback for that, which is the important bit, because that's what you wanted to know, because that's maybe what you're unsure about. But then if someone points out like, oh yeah, I, was, I know that you asked for feedback on textures, but I just noticed that if you improved your lighting, your textures would be a lot better as well then you you're probably like that feedback probably will be even more important because that person knew you were asking for texturing feedback and he he felt so strongly about that feedback that he still included it mm -hmm. so you know it might be worth looking into that as well yeah that's a you know, that's you know a really what I mean? good it's point like, it helps you maybe identify the problems in your scene that you didn't even uh notice before yourself right mm -hmm. like the the bigger the bigger picture ones yeah. that you might not even be thinking of. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like a lot of people, they just throw their stuff on like a Discord and, and are like, oh, comments and critiques, welcome. But it's like, yeah. well, it could be like, especially in some of the bigger Discords where you have like a ton of people just possibly replying to it. You're getting so much input that uh, you might feel that the whole piece is bad. Yes. So you can you, you can kind of shelter yourself from that feeling by just like you said, just asking for really specific feedback about like, look, I just want to focus on textures. And then if other people say something about, I don't know, like the the scale of the prop or whatever, like you you could still take that in, but that was not part of the original question. If you want to focus yeah. it, yeah, man, sounds good. Do you want to add anything to this? Mm, I mean, no, I think I've I've said everything I, I wanted to say. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Feedback's important. Beeps. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's uh both from the person that asked it and the person that gives it. Like it's yes. it's a skill that you need to improve over time as well. Just like any anything else. Like it's not definitely. that you're, uh, that you're always going to be good at at feedback. It's going to be an incremental changing thing. Yeah. I think especially when you receive more feedback, it makes you become better at giving it as well. Mm -hmm. Just because yeah. you know how your reaction was to some... Like if you know you don't respond well to a certain type of feedback that you get, then you, you can package it a little bit differently when you give someone else similar feedback. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, and it's all about building each other up. Like the... The, the thing that I saw uh, coming up in the Discord was that there was a lot of competition, especially in school environments. Yeah. But it, it shouldn't be like that. Like, we're all in this together. Like, it, it's not because um, this guy is doing awesome work that he's going to take all the jobs from all the other people. Yeah. Like, there's, there's jobs enough to go around. So, uh, yeah, try to build each other up instead of breaking each other down. It's... Uh, yeah. It's only going to help you in the long run, too. Yeah. And I mean, if, if, if a certain sense of competition helps you with that, you know, maybe that, like a little bit of it could be healthy. Mm -hmm. But if you're like just trying to one-up each other and being super petty and not like being like, oh, I'm not going to tell you about this technique because I want to... I don't know, yeah, this is my technique. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that, that's just that you're just being petty. Yeah, it's just, it's just silly. Like, uh, but I, I agree. Like some... Some competition is good. I like having the friendly competitions where you're like, oh, let me show you, but then it's still it's still friendly. Like, there's no damage done in the end. Yeah. It's the same way that some people say they look at ArtStation and they get depressed. Yeah. Uh, but for me, it's it's more like I look at ArtStation and I uh, become depressed for a second and then I become inspired. <laughs> so the depression is still there, but it's just one second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that would be a good one to talk about. Because uh, I do feel that a lot of beginners get really intimidated by that. So, yeah, uh, I think that could be could be a good uh, topic for another episode. Oh yeah, yeah. Talking about the next episode, this is uh, a good a good time to end this one as well. Like we're coming up to an yes, hour, sir. and uh, we really did a good job uh, going into that that uh, question. So thanks again for the question, Lloyd. Thank you. All right, let's uh, let's end this. Uh, part of the episode here thanks everyone for listening catch you in the next one thank you bye bye
We hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If you did, then you can check out the playlist on the right for more episodes. And don't forget to like, subscribe or share with friends. If you're an environment artist trying to break into the industry or just looking to grow your skills, you can find a ton more resources like weekly tips, blog posts and more on beyondextend.com. But that's going to do it from our side. Thanks so much for joining us and a shout out to all of our Patreon supporters who made this possible.